Ignore that howling in the distance. It's Uncle Says. podcast discussion of what it's like to make short videos for YouTube from China. I am your host Emily and with me as always is Peter. As always. He's also your host. We are coming to you live to tape from beautiful Wukwu Studios Ooh. in Luzhou, Sichuan, China. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon and today our homeschool film school discussion is going to be about considering your audience. Um, but first, let's check in with How's Your Uncle? So it's been a interesting week. I was sick last weekend, which is why we... Two weeks. Yeah, so we've had, we've had a lot of time to cover. Um, I was sick last weekend, which is why we did not broadcast last weekend. Um, and then I spent a lot of this week just recovering from that, but also Peter and I have been just like doing a lot of thinking, um, and working and filming and everything. Um, next week here in China, it is, and in lots of places around the world, it is Labor Day. May 1st is Labor Day for most of the world, except the United States. Um, so I'm going to have a nice vacation coming up. It's interesting here in China, they do this thing where like if a holiday is near a weekend, then they will switch around the weekdays and weekend working days. So for example, and this one's complicated because May 1st is Wednesday. So they have taken the this Sunday and the following Sunday and made those work days so that then we can take off Thursday and Friday. It's really complicated, but they're like, they're always looking to make a good block of time off without actually giving you that much time off. Um, but, you know, some time off is better than no time off, and it'll be nice um, to have essentially a four or five day weekend. So. It's efficient to somebody. It's, it's well, it's not efficient, but <laughs> it's nice. I think our plan for that time is to to do work, to work on our stuff, which is always my plan. And my colleagues are always like, so what are you doing with your vacation? Oh, I'm working on my real job. I'm working on my art. Um, but yeah, so that's sickness and vacation, the, the stuff of life. Champions. Champions. Um, what else is going on? It's really hot. Really hot. We've hit spring. We bought a new ice cube tray. Yeah, we got a new ice cube tray. So we've been making iced coffee, which is really delicious. I'm not a coffee drinker normally, but I like the ice. I like the ice but coffee. But it's definitely the big, it's gotten warm big enough. News. It's gotten warm enough now where all the air conditioners are on everywhere. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, We're officially in summer. I would say. I mean, not yeah, on I a would, calendar, but. <laughs> Two weeks ago when we talked to you about this, it was Lujo spring, nice and warm, cool breezes, nice nice days. Now, 
actual Lujo spring is like super hot and sweaty all the time. It's so humid. I don't know if I can describe to you how humid, humid is. Never um, saw it in the States, not Florida. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I thought I knew what humid was, but I had no idea. <laughs> it's like Brazil hot. So that's what we're living with. Um, but we have some good air conditioners, so I don't know. That's enough weather talk. <laughs> Let's go on to business. Conducting business. Conducting business is located. Oh, I just named it business. It's named business. <laughs> it's commentary. It's watch. It's closing. Did I? I, I might have forgot to there. load that bumper. I'm sorry. Business. <laughs> Again, our program that we use to live stream is OBS, which is a free program, and it is. It's. It's as a free program. You know, it it enables us to do stuff we couldn't do otherwise, but. Because, because, yeah, because of a bug in it, I have to load up the bumpers fresh every week. Otherwise, they stutter stop when we play them back. Because we're not live, but we're live to tape. Yeah, and, and it would be nice if we could just, like, have the setup and not have to touch it. But every week I have to, like, start from scratch because it's free. Um, Woo! Business! So that's an endorsement and non-endorsement of this particular <laughs> program. Um, but our real business is we hit a couple milestones in the past two weeks. The big one is Hello Foreigner, our main vlog YouTube channel, hit 100 subscribers. We're now at 104 as today. 104 as of today, which also, it's a nice round number, but it also means we get to claim our custom URL, so you can go to... YouTube.com slash C slash Hello Foreigner, and that's us. Which, which is makes our, really exciting. our second channel to have <clears throat> its own URL. Yes. That's two yeah. 100s. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. And then we also had a video break the 400 view mark, which is um, First. across all the channels a record. Yeah. Um, it's our channel trailer. Is that yep. the one? What's What's it like what, for Hello Uncle yeah, Foreigner? What living, in China? Is, what living in China is like for Hello Foreigner? Yeah, so that's it's really exciting to, to cross four hundred views. Yeah, we're starting to enter the small time. Yeah, the small time. <laughs> um, and then this is somewhat convoluted, but because I was sick last week, we and. In that time, we finished posting all of our old videos. We have a backlog of like nine videos that we have not talked about yet. And rather than cram them all into this episode, when we get to commentary later in the episode, we're going to um, just address a few each episode for the next couple weeks. So... We'll give each one of them their loving morsel due. Yeah, if you're following along, all the old videos from last year are now up on Hello Foreigner YouTube. And we will continue to talk about them for the next couple weeks. So In our if, lives. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're us, because that's the only people who had cared so deeply about these <laughs> details, we're still going to be talking about old material for the next couple weeks, even though we are not, all the old material is out for public consumption. Um, but that also feels really good to get that project finished. An easy reference for you, the viewer. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that, 
we knew it was going to take a long time to get through to just just the, the sheer volume of posting like 70 videos mm. we initially um, planned it to take about six months well yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then peter has been doing the lion's share of promotion of of all of that and he's he said he's gotten to a point where he's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of promoting every day. It's like a play in the huckster. Yeah. Um, which does not mean he's going to stop promoting, but now we only have one video a week to promote, which is Except much. for three channels, which has well. each has their own each week. <laughs> so we have three videos a week We're still. down to three. We're down to three. Um, but would you say, I mean, I would make this assumption, but you're the one actually doing it. Because they are kind of different category of video like one's a vlog one's a podcast one's a music video does that lessen your your feeling of wearing out your welcome at all yeah well there's the music one is a little easier i think because uh it's easier to like <clears throat> tune in a video we're also like trying to pimp out soundcloud too mm -hmm. which is both the music channel and this the talk show channel vidcast mm -hmm. um which the vidcast, I don't know how to promote this yet, but I'm hoping with podcasting, we'll yeah. start to figure out where where do we find an audience. I mean, this is talking about quasi, not film, we're not doing an Avengers review this weekend, but mm -hmm. like that's got to be a little bit easier. Music is, it's kind of almost throwaway, but in that sense, it makes it a little easier to find views. Mm -hmm. It's the main vlog one that's the main work because that's where we put most of our, our work into. So right. that that takes a heck of a lot of work because you really want to find a good home. Whereas like a music video is kind of like, I don't know, it takes me like an hour or two to put together after the music's done. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of like drop that into a few places. Like it's a song. You either like it or you don't. Name it electronica, name it classical, name it punk, whatever. And yeah. then yeah. let it fly. But... That, and then this, trying to figure out how to promote this, don't even, I haven't even really attempted, so yeah. we'll find out how, how, what does three add up to in the long run? <laughs> yeah. Which, speaking of this as a podcast, if you're watching us on YouTube right now and you wish that you were just listening to us, um, you can subscribe to our RSS feed. We'll put a link in the uh, description. Or if you are a Stitcher consumer i don't know what stitcher does really um if you consume your podcasts via stitcher we are on there so i'll put that link in there too we are as of yet still not on itunes i think um it's a mystery to me how that works but they have not gotten back to me um but we are we are a podcast so if you want to take us with you on the go um you can subscribe to our podcast in those one of those two ways or you can always join us here on the YouTube feed. And you can listen to the music there also. On SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. Not the RSS feed though. Right. So I'll put I'll I'll label all those links in the description below. It's out of control. <laughs> um, but let's move on to homeschool film school. Homeschool film school is right here. consider their audience especially if you're you're making something somewhat commercial you have to think like who who wants this um who would pay money for this even hopefully and it's, who do we have to pay to watch it yeah and there's there's a lot of advice there out there 
that that sounds like marketing speak of like it, and and it, it is that's the way like anyone developing something commercially for sale thinks about like you have to profile who the audience you think you're you're making your work for um and you you just have to think about the audience it's not just pure art creation and part of me is like eh, but i just want to make art but you know i was thinking of earlier today like even as as old as like the 1400s in italy if you were an artist back then and the medicis had all the money i bet a lot of artists were all of a sudden really interested in catholic saints so mm -hmm. they could get a little bit of that sweet sweet medici coin um so it's it's not a new thing. It's always been part of the job. Um, unless you're like pure outsider art and, you know, there's a reason it's called outsider mm -hmm. art. You might not be worried about money too much in yeah. that case. And Peter and I have had multiple discussions and changing discussions as it should be over who we are aiming for. And I think right now our ideal audience is, is you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but we're looking... We started out kind of targeting the China vlog market, but you need a niche. Yeah, you need a niche, but that niche is really too small. Um, it's it's a couple thousand people, but that's that's not there's nothing in the in the terms of like. There's a couple thousand uploads every minute to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think, like millions of minutes of content uploaded yeah. every second. Um, so. Our, our our sites right now are set on maybe, I mean, everybody wants younger people because I think younger people are, are not going to die. <laughs> They're also the ones watching YouTube. Yeah, and, and also, Peter and I are somewhat of a quirky style, and we, we, we want people who are open to, to stuff that is challenging to them and stuff that is maybe a little not not mainstream, and that tends to be, I think, younger viewers. Um, well, even just the age group of, like, our friends are all uh, a certain age where there's families and responsibilities, and even though a lot of them are artists, they don't really have time to sit around watching YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So we, we need people with free time, we need people with open minds to weirdness, and also kind of people who are curious about the greater world around them. Maybe they haven't traveled in their life, but they wish that they could. Um, because our, our, as we keep going forward, our stories aren't specifically China-based. We're hoping you don't have to know a lot about China to, like, to, to find something in what we're doing that connects with you. Um, but it is... The underlying motivation of our channel is like, what is it like to live in a culture that's different from your own and try to engage with that. And so you kind of have to be open to engaging with another culture, which sadly, um, not everybody is these days. So we're, we're hoping to reach those people who are. Yeah, we're hoping that like our China being sort of a metaphor for, uh, and the name Hello Foreigner doesn't necessarily mean, hey, get used to China. It's like, if you feel like you want to see the world as something bigger than your own hometown, than yeah, what you yeah. know, it's, it's something to invite different uh, point of views. Yeah, yeah, if you're actively looking for a different point of view, um, we hope that you'll like us. <laughs> it turns out we're not finding that 
in the China blog realm. Well, yeah, I would say it was it was surprising to figure out because you know I think everybody does has this assumption of like, well, most people are like me, and so we figured most people who've come to China are like us in that they just like came with no agenda and are kind of like, well, what's going to happen over here? Mm. And you know, this is not every every person who comes to China, but there's a lot of. I don't want to get too into it, but there's a lot of like very specific agendas being represented in the China vlogging world, and we we don't really want to have anything to do with that discussion. Yeah. Um, but how does that translate into how we make our work? I think is very interesting because Peter and I we just had a big disagreement over um, in terms of like accessibility that this latest video we put up. I mean, I, I, Peter was saying this is the most accessible video that we have, and this I... Is, I know it's all fake. Yeah, I agree with that from one perspective, but from another perspective in terms of how I've gone about creating these, I feel like in the last couple months, my writing, my writing goal has been to not think about the audience so much, to think about me, which is really interesting that that's resulting in stuff that is more accessible um, to a, great, a greater audience. But like to me, my, my compulsion is to over-explain and to write you a 2,000-word essay on exactly my opinion and how I got there and the supporting evidence. And... Uh, that's real, it's not that interesting to read back, I will admit, but it, like, I can get my point across, and then it is, like, why am I reading this for five hours? <laughs> and so, I like, it's not the most compelling way to approach the work, so for me, my challenge has been to put a thought out there and let it just be, and not worry about the justification. I mean, it's not skip the logic altogether, there's still the internal logic of working through a thought um, but not, not presenting all my arguments and just letting that sit with the audience, which in one respect to me feels like I'm not thinking about the audience at all. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about how you get to where I got to. I'm just, I just want to show you where I am. But I, I guess on the other hand, functionally, that does leave more room for the audience to meet me somewhere rather mm. than be be lectured at and dragged along on my journey. Does that make yeah, any I, sense? Yeah, I feel that you're you're getting more to um, <clears throat> where you're more generous to the viewer of let like you're saying let them sort of put together some of the pieces rather than give them the here's are the the points of why you should be interesting interested in whatever subject you're talking about. Here's the history behind these. Not that those things aren't important. But maybe in this, the idea of, of a vlog, of YouTube, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I can't, I, I'm not sure why the, the, the format of, of know-it-all is so important at the moment yeah. on YouTube, but it's exhausting to sit there and watch 45 minutes of you tell me anything other than academically about China, of like maybe if you're teaching me about local dialect, 
-hmm. that and I wanted to learn it that would be something that I want an hour-long lecture on but like you telling me you know your feelings about the Avengers this week doesn't really help me at all so what you're doing by giving me a little piece of this is my life mm -hmm. and it just happens to be in China gives gives me more of a, 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 a doorway into uh, some kind of human condition rather than some kind of explaining like like I didn't know like tell me what I don't know and then let give me the key to go figure it out myself it's more interesting to me right yeah which makes a lot of sense and I, I to let's give a concrete example to to um, take this out of the realm of theory so for this week um, we had a little segment about the Burger King that opened in Lujo and it opened last summer and there's there's like so much I could say about the history of this particular Burger King and the expat, Lujo expat reaction to it and like how we've all been passing back and forth these like excited, I went to the Burger King, oh yeah, I went to, like there, there's a the whole. opening like took like a year for of, of hidden messages back and forth. Yeah, yeah, chat, yeah, so. and like every, everyone would be like, I drove by and, and there's workers inside there, <laughs> and so there is like, there could be an hour-long piece about the opening of this Burger King, but who cares? You don't need that context. I mean, that'd be weird to have back home. Yeah, yeah. And if there was a a, bur a new Burger King <clears throat> opening up in Long Island, right, what do you right. do? Call me when it's open, and then I'll go there and scarf down a burger, and I don't care. Right, and where the particulars to this situation were... The, the, there is like an aspect of weirdness to all these Western chains opening up in our small Chinese city, um, which is, I mean, this is all over the world, and that's part of what's weird about it is that the like American corporate culture is just everywhere. It's it's astonishing, but it's you already know some of that story, so I kind of just like I need to remind you of that, but I don't need to like. I'm not breaking news that Burger King is everywhere. Burger King exists. <laughs> yeah. And it, it like part of what's interesting about living in Luzhou is that we're on the precipice of like when we got here there was already a McDonald's and a Kentucky Fried Chicken because sure. um Kentucky Fried Chicken if you don't know this is really popular in China. Um but the for the most part like Luzhou has a smaller prefecture level city we didn't have a lot of amenities in general and then western brands specifically were, weren't here and now they are now they're coming h&m um, yeah Starbucks. yeah and so we're on that's the important part is that we're watching that change happen and then the other important part is like i could dissect for you the meal that we had and what was unsatisfying about it but you know, if you go out to fast food, there's a hit of like, yeah, french fries. And then you a just sadness. feel like greasy afterwards. I'm not down on fast food. We went there, not mm -hmm. at, like not ironically, we went there because we were like, we haven't had Burger King in a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's not that good. Um, so, I mean, there was so much, I'm telling you so much more about Burger King and Lujo right now than we did in and the video, this, it's just like three sentences, yeah, I think, that's and this, that's... This format right here is is dedicated to 
long-winded conversation of, of, of us and experience of really when we put together for a vlog is to try to get that down to like a 30 second right shot of like guess what Burger King's also in our little small town didn't used to be it is now till tastes the same fine move on yeah, and, and, you know, part of me still needs you to know all this stuff about <laughs> it or we wouldn't be having this behind-the-scenes chat. But I, I think that's um, letting go... Here's where it is, is, is that I... My writing journey <laughs> is letting go of what I need the audience reaction to be. And so for me, that feels like over the course of the past couple of months that our video has gone from very high consideration to the, of the audience to low consideration of the audience in specifically in the area of writing so when you were saying like this is the most accessible audience friendly work that we've done that's where i was like what is it <laughs> because in my process that my thought of the audience has changed, but that's because you and I kind of have different functions in how these videos come together, which I think is really interesting. Certainly, like the, 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 as, I, of course I'm biased because we're living this together and we're writing this in terms of I'm interpreting what you're writing in a visual sense, so that storytelling aspect, but in a way, like, I'm like, the first, the first line of getting your story, mm -hmm. and this is like the story has become far more streamlined. Where I'm like looking at this, like I feel more included, slightly being apart from like if you're giving me like like esoteric ideas that I'm like, well, how do I put that into some kind of visual sense? How do I storyboard this? Mm -hmm. Where if you're giving me esoteric ideas that like, <clears throat> I'm interpreting, then I'm like thinking of shapes and colors and whereas and now the story is more like, okay, well, even that the fact like this one has a scripted piece in it, like we're going to set ourselves up, I need this location and like it's, it's closer to something that people can easily recognize this is a scene as opposed to it's, you know, some kind of emotion, some kind of, there, there's a closer to a, a linear narrative rather than like floating ideas. Yeah. And I would say, as I did say, um, and if, if you want an example of kind of what Peter's talking about in terms of that more impressionistic feel, um, I guess let's say, why do you live in China? That's another one we're going to talk about later during commentary. Mm. Um, but that it's just um, different different clips surprising or featuring me in surprising situations with a voiceover going, what are you doing? And it is definitely um, non-narrative, more impressionistic. And, you know, we feel proud of both both kinds of those pieces mm. of work, both the more kind of mainstream accessible and this impressionistic five-minute collage piece style. Um, but I, And I feel like that impressionism informs what we're doing now, mm. would you say? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's helped develop our style 
finding our voice. Like, it makes more sense in compacting that in a way that is more accessible. Like, it, it, I mean, you could say, like, I, I don't know, it's hard to, like, think about somebody like Tim Burton. As a kid, must have been drawing swirls and stripes and people are just looking at him and like I don't know is there a problem with this child or something <laughs> now it's such a visual thing that if you see a swirl on a on a movie poster you're like is this a Tim Burton movie right, right. so like extracting the voice of, of whatever it is the sounds that we're using the uh, even Lujo itself I mean to most of our viewers if you're not in China um, and even if sometimes if you are in China, if you're in the big city, Luzhou is an abstract idea. And we're trying to tell you what Luzhou is like and what it's like for us to live in it. So there's a certain amount of like we have to invite people in as opposed to like, let's just show them somebody selling oranges. Like, that's great. They sell oranges. Like, I mean, it, it's cool. We can go right outside of our building and buy oranges. Right. But to give that more context is, it's difficult. And I think we're actually, I hope, getting to that point. Yeah. Well, and I would say, um, and I don't think we were ever deliberately alienating, mm, mm -mm. Um, which both of us, I feel like when we were younger, wanted to make art that was deliberately yeah. alienating. The, the, That's like a 20-year-old's impulse. I yeah, think. the more punky of us that um, wanted to, like, kick it in your face. Yeah, you don't get it good. Yeah. Like, an example I... Get yeah, old man! I did study abroad in Spain when I was in college, and I wanted to write a screenplay that was bilingual in Spanish and English, but no subtitles. You better know Spanish, and you better know mm -hmm. English. And my sister was like... Well, that's great and really ambitious, but you realize, like, no one's going to go see that movie. You have, you've severely limited your audience that way. And, like, we're not trying to artificially limit our audience, especially because, uh, you know, our point of view has already done that for us. Yeah. Um, so we do want to be as excessively weird as we can. And so that also... And then some of it is stuff like... Like I'm saying, we're, we were never trying to be deliberately alienating, but there has been stuff of, like, we just didn't translate certain stuff because mm. either we knew it so well that it didn't occur to us, like, we would need to have clarifying subtitles, or we just, like, didn't have time. Because there was, at one point, an ambition to have every video bilingual translated and subtitled, but that... Um, it's tough to do even in your own language. There's, especially with something like humor, is at what point during the process of actually trying to put something together and present it, do you realize, hopefully you do and you can fix it, but sometimes you don't, that like, that was an in-joke. Like, I forgot to tell everybody that like, oh, you should have been there kind of like thing. Like, if you, it was, it was, it's funnier if you were there. Right. Like, oh, well, great. <laughs> I wasn't, though, so you shouldn't show me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like, we, we structured a joke around the um, Fapiao, which is an official receipt that you can use for um, taxes, tax purposes, um, reimbursement, paycheck blah 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 it's so boring <laughs> and the running joke is that like i keep in re in our real life peter and i 
I keep trying to tell Peter about like my misadventures collecting Fapiaos, and he's just like, Duh. "It's so boring. Please don't tell me about it's it." It's the worst part of an RPG game of like you wandering around picking up chops, yeah, and, and, yeah. and then presenting to me with like, "I've I've got six chops. Now we can almost buy a sword." Yeah, like, call me when I buy a sword. Yeah, but so part part of what's written into um, this week's fiction scene is a discussion of Fapiao, and we realize like if you. And I think when we wrote the scene, we were like, China people will really get this. And then mm-hmm. we wrote that scene in February, and now it's it's up now. Between that time, we kind of realized, like, oh, yeah, we do want to appeal to more than just, like, China people. <laughs> and so we have to explain what Fa Piao is. Um, so we just put a little title in at the bottom, and I think, you know, it lets you in on that joke. Um, uh-huh. Enough to, like, laugh at how silly we are, I think, I hope. I, I would I would think that one of the few things that Westerners might know about China, other than the wall or something like that, is that there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of bureaucracy in in, in any country, um, particularly it's, it's specialized here. Yeah, because I think that's part of our mission as we see it is to find the relatable part of our everyday but our everyday is different Mm. in china than it was in the u.s and so there is like some some jokes you are going to need a little supplemental information to understand and relate to but i think i think we can present enough information that you can in our strange situations um find something to relate to so that's that's our job as storytellers. Like we, if if we can't do that, then we have to figure out how to do that. Because, like any kind of uh, communication, I mean, art is important for that way. Like I feel this one way. If you just like look at it and say that's weird, then like we don't set out like you were saying earlier. We don't set out to do something weird. Right. It's just through our experience. Through our education, all the different venues, we perceive something a different way and then interpret it, interpret it, and if we don't do a good job at that, then we're just showing you, like, scribbly drawings that don't make any sense to anybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's our job to give you some kind of context so that you can be in on the joke. We don't want to be exclusive. Yeah, which is, it's interesting to see that come together in that um we do so i'll give you this we do think of the audience in terms of editing and packaging the stories but in terms of conceiving and writing the initial idea what has freed me up is to not think about them to only think of me to only think of what i want to say do you think that's possible that that has made you more human? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're not putting yourself um, in some kind of, like, I, I, I'm putting on, I mean, you do it with a giraffe deliberately mm-hmm. to both come out of your shell and hide behind a shell to, 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 to be able to be comfortably telling the story. Right, uh, and if right. you, if you are not, if you can put yourself behind and say like, "Well, I'm doing this for me," 
everyone says like, well, that's that's the most honest artist. That's the person that I want to relate to. But if if I'm actually right, right. you know putting on a Marilyn Manson face or something like that and deliberately trying to upset you, there's a certain audience for that too. But like you know, yeah, who do you want to appeal to? Is it everybody or just a small amount? There's nothing right. wrong with either one, but. Well, and, and that honesty as a metric of your of quality in your work, um, I, th I feel like that's been part of the discussion for a really long time. Um, so it makes sense that making, making space for myself to be more open and vulnerable is resulting in work that other people actually can connect with, even as it feels more personal to me. Mm. Um, because I think before I was, and you know, this is the tendency I'm still fighting off, is um, to control that interaction with my work is is a, is is creating well, it's it's creating a distance between the viewer and the work, and it's also not making room for the viewer. Mm. I'm mangling a lot of metaphors well, I, I here, but say, you know what I mean. I would say, like, there's there's a certain amount of, uh, there's ego involved, too. There's times that you just want to show off, like, I know how to do something really awesome. When I'm, like, scoring, compo composing music, like, mm -hmm. I'm, like, sometimes I just get lost in myself, and I'm really being myself. And then I realized, like, the song's in, like, 613 with, like, a whole bunch of, like, 30-second notes in it. Mm -hmm. That that's how I'm connecting these giant chord progressions. And, like, you're already bored about me talking about yeah. it. So <laughs> if I play that for you, if it's not conveying the mood immediately, you're just listening to a prog rock album and you're going, like, boy, that really... He really knows how to put together a really complicated piece of music. Like, that's yeah, not really yeah. what I'm trying to do. I'm really trying to make you feel something with the atmosphere that I'm trying to create. Right. Well, and, and prog rock has its place, but yeah. emotion is not, right. not <laughs> where not. it is. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add, or do you want to move on to commentary? I think we'll go to commentary. Okay, let's move on to commentary. So last week I was sick and the week before that we had a sound failure so we did not get to talk about three videos that we thought were fairly important so today we're going to talk about those um, and then we're going to talk about this week's video a little more that we already started to talk about in homeschool film school. But let's kick things off with our history dinner with friends. This was originally planned for our Thanksgiving special. So right now it's not named that for the SEO because nobody's looking for Thanksgiving in April. But if you watch it with an eye towards what American Thanksgiving is, it's pretty obvious there's a lot of references to turkeys and American history um, and so that that was our attempt at a holiday video and it was a lot of fun to make actually I th this was correct me if I'm wrong the first real piece that was we were really <clears throat> wrote and got people uh, actors yeah yeah <laughs> we asked a group of our friends to come and read some like fake facts about American history from our that, perception that we would we would think it would be funny if 
if we saw it through Chinese eyes, like, what would they think? Right, I mean, that's, that's... It's not their ideas. Especially as an English teacher in China, having to teach some American holidays or Western holidays, it's usually American, though. Um, which is weird when the other teachers are not American. <laughs> but the, that the Chinese want to know, like, what Americans do. Um, that there's always some kind of lost in translation mangling of, like, what's actually going on. And the same thing happens vice versa for... Mm-hmm how we experience Chinese holidays or other other culture holidays of like we get the headlines and sometimes they're a little bit off and it is also also they can be completely right but if you describe what Christmas is and the secular sense of a big fat man in a suit comes down your chimney and then if you're bad he gives you coal and he puts stuff in socks over the 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 fireplace and like it like if you pull if you zoom out too far nothing makes sense so this was kind of right you you have like a, a, a decent amount of a joke that we all like we all laugh about in the west but when you actually have to sit there and seriously come up with some kind of reason for why we're doing something it becomes you start to realize how absurd it is so yeah. like uh, even like with just easter passing like you came home and you're like yeah we did easter in, in class today and i was like easter Wait, what day is it? What 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 are we doing with Easter here? That's non Christian. What what is I mean, we eat rabbits here for I don't, but we eat rabbits just yeah. like as a regular dinner thing. Like what are they what are they are hunting for eggs or are they putting them It's chocolate is it's, what it's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Easter boils down to is chocolate. Um but yeah, so it was fun to write these jokes for them and then they were so game some of them did not really speak English and like they practiced way harder than I would have expected them to. I kind of was like, we'll toss this out. You'll phonetically copy what I say and we'll get it on film of you saying that thing and like then it's good to go. But they like, I would say spent a good half an hour with each other practicing their lines oh, yeah. so that they could deliver them really well. They went well. over the notes. They they wrote on the notes. They yeah. consulted with each other. They yeah. and, and it was also helpful, too, because they... One, my friend Jessie actually has very good English, so mm-hmm. she was kind of like the second director on, on mm-hmm. of English. <laughs> and she was trying to like make sure she actually even understood all the jokes, which is really hard. It's hard to understand another language's jokes. Yeah. Um, but the and fact she that... she translate the jokes to everybody else, and everyone would be like, oh, okay. So but the was... fact that they thought they were funny was like, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, ex- explaining like... Uh, just one quick spoiler of a joke, like... Um, the Americans eat mashed potatoes because all the forefathers had wooden teeth. I mean, it sounds like an absurd thing to say, but it actually is kind of practical in that sense to describe yeah, so it that they way. Were like, like, they were like, oh, oh yeah, okay. of course. I think they were like, is that true? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and is it? I don't know. It might be true. If you had wooden teeth, you'd have to be careful about what you ate. Sure. Um, and we did not have good dentistry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was a lot of fun to put together, and they... Big public shout out to all of them. They they were like they went above and beyond what I thought they would do. Yeah, and it was at our favorite restaurant, and so it was a, a really fun 
production to put together. Yeah, and then, I mean, I did at some point say we cut a bunch of lines and cut early because it was like, we want to end while everyone's still having fun and not fun <laughs> and challenged and not challenged and frustrated because I want them right. to, to remain my friends. Right. So. We didn't pay pay for pay them for their services, but we bought yeah, them we dinner. bought them dinner. Um, but it was like, and that's, I think, a valuable production skill, especially when you're not paying people, especially when you're working in indie productions. It's like, read the room and see when people are going to start revolting because yeah. <laughs> they get hungry you need the goodwill of people to to get your production keep your production moving um but yeah so that was a lot of fun it has history dinner the the entire video features a good couple of animations that were we yeah, had we had just bought in the stylus i believe yep um, there's the animations there's um some other things but it was all all themed with eating. There's the chopsticks piece, so yeah, yeah. we can kind of juxtapose Western and Eastern. Yeah, and it was... Oh, and then that was Which Spoon Do I Hate is in that one. Yep. Um, which is an interesting... That one, it's a very short piece, but actually was like really technically challenging to figure out how to film it, and it was one of our first... Um, because we wanted to get like a top-down shot and so what we ended up doing was we have a pole to put up to hang our laundry to dry on our porch mm -hmm. that's that's really long and we now we have bought a piece of equipment to do this um, without jerry-rigging it but so we took two tripods and put them on either side of the table and then just had the laundry pole and then I think we like with a scarf yeah. tied the iPad hanging above the scene. So like it was like, hammock. don't touch anything <laughs> or it's all going to fall apart. Um, but it was my first experience with like writing something that does not actually have any dialogue in it, writing a concept rather than a story. And it was neat to like see the work that goes into to, to that kind of filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hoping to do more of, of that kind of thing too, but it is like, when you think of shows, I can't, like Mr. Show mm -hmm. or different, different, co generally comedy skits that have different interstitials of like, mm -hmm. you, like just even stupid jokes, even the stupidest joke has to be written and filmed and, like, figured out. Which right. Is... A lot of what we were talking about at that time was Sesame Street. Yeah, and yeah. The, the trying to find the continuity between disparate pieces mm -hmm. is, um, it's an art in itself. Um, and uh, those, a lot of those pieces are, uh, the bug segment yeah, that we did yeah. is a good example of, like, this is a transition piece, but that took... A bunch of planning, a bunch of writing. You had to write all the cards for it. Yeah. You had to get the bug animation together. That took us all afternoon to, to film it. Like, it's good because it'll last for a while. Yeah. Like, um, that's a, it's a production. Yeah, it, it's an actual production. <laughs> and it is, like, every little idea that you see on TV or film, someone had to think of that and do that. So, give me a new appreciation for, for interstitials. <laughs> um, anything else about that one? Mm, that's pretty good. Okay. 
Let's move on to why do you live in China? Oh, yeah. Which was originally conceived of as what are you doing in China? And this comes from... So there's a tendency, especially where we live in Sichuan province in southern China, where the language is very forceful. The way people speak with each other is very um, loud. And like a mark of if... If your if your dinner party is going well, it's because everybody's shouting and being very loud, and just like it, the the speaking is very, I can't overstate this. It's very aggressive, especially here in Sichuan. Yeah, my mom when she came to visit us a couple years ago, she saw two ladies just chatting, um, and the the manner in which they were addressing each other, she was like, "Are they having a fight?" And it, <laughs> like, no, that's just how people talk to each other here, and when that gets translated into English when when some of them, some people, when they learn English, they bring that manner with them. And this is, of course, not everybody. Mm. But there is a very abrupt way to the way people, some people speak English here. And so it can manifest in, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it sounds very accusatory, even though the intent, and we know it, that the intent is not, it's yeah. not accusatory. Sometimes it's like, very like it, it was really striking in the beginning when we first got here and it still hits us now and then but like when you're new to a country and like you're teaching a class in front of 60 kids and you're setting up class and you're dry erasing the board or something and a kid walks in and says what are you doing oh, I mean it's obvious I'm erasing the board I mean yeah. What, why, what do you think I'm doing? Like, I, I'm, I'm offended, I'm angry, I'm, right. I'm upset, I'm upset. And it is, it's like, just small talk. I yeah. can hear people in Chinese ask each other, and he's like, I'm ah! Mm. Um, and that just means, what are you doing? But it's, just, it's not like, they're not accusing you of anything, but yeah. it, the way it that It could be a gentle dinner out with friends, and you go to eat something. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I was just getting a drink of water. I'm, should I not have? Yeah, yeah. So Have this, I offended? This video was to, like, address that feeling of being constantly examined. Mm. Um, while also admitting that sometimes what we're doing, specifically as Emily and Peter, but also just as foreigners in China, is sometimes a little weird. No, it's especially people, bloggers all over, even in your own hometown are always saying, like, oh, I feel so strange. I mean, it, it takes a lot of guts to get out there and walk around town with your camera and be, mm-hmm. hey, look at me, I'm here. Oh, everyone's looking at me. They, maybe, oh, everyone thinks I'm really strange. You do it in a different country, and you're the only white face that a person might see all day long. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, look at her. Wait, what is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, usually, it's not, you know, it's no big deal. But it is something to look at, so yeah. it becomes something you're very conscious of. Yeah. But even, so the one of the what are we doings is I'm laying in the bottom of our empty swimming pool, and my friend, oh, Jesse, who's interviewed mm-hmm. um, in a couple of, of our episodes, she follows us on YouTube, and she sent me a screenshot, and she what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... I'm just laying in the bottom of her pool, you know, like you do, <laughs> which is, you know, dirty and gross, I know. <laughs> um, so that was a fun one to make. Mm-hmm. 
and it just consisted of going around and grabbing well, these weird shots all week. It's a good example of like of us just describing now what the reasoning of of our idea behind that is. You could say, could that be more successful? I mean, because a lot of people seem to watch it and be like, "What is this? What am I? Why? Why am I watching this? What are you doing? Why? Do, why do I care about this kind of idea?" Mm -hmm. um, because it doesn't have the context of what you just described of you're constantly being asked as a foreigner, "What are you doing?" aggressively. So it's always in our head, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" If we were able to to figure out how to do that, that in Included some kind of information that uh, a Westerner could look at it and be like, "Wow, that must be really strange to have people continuously asking." Whereas, and I think what it comes off from is it's just like we're just being weird for weird's sake. Right, which is that's where I disagreed with you yeah. <laughs> in our discussion this morning because that's I think as an artist, that's a piece of art. And it's meant to stand on its own. That's the statement we wanted to make. And I feel like this discussion we're having after the fact is valuable and additive. But it's like if I wanted to just address to you, if I the statement I just made about um, feeling un, feeling examined. I, I didn't want to just say that and have that be the primary work. We wanted the primary work to be this slightly strange video where maybe you don't understand the full meaning. And I kind of think, go, getting back to what I was saying before about making space for the audience to make their own meaning, um, something like that. And this is only comparing... I'm not comparing fake this week's video to why do you live in that China. Mm -hmm. I'm comparing why do you live in China to the podcast discussion of why do you live in China. Mm -hmm. Like the work is the work and yeah. that that is the statement we intended to make. And I think it's that as a, as a piece of work is more valuable than than the supplemental information. The supplemental information might help you engage with the mm -hmm. piece itself. But I don't, like, it's not, yeah, it, it's not my intention to hold everybody's hand yeah. and explain, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I think you can bring your own interpretation to that piece and, and feel that it's successful or not successful. Right. But I don't feel like you should need to have the, the story behind it. But... Right. Again, on the podcast, I am willing to share the story behind. Right. Well, the the problem, and it's not a problem as an artistic expression, is it's successful, uh, and I I love it. I think it's a great piece. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that there's as soon as that's over, uh, salesman me has to hit and go like, okay, what's the SEO on this? Right. What's the <laughs> what's the thumbnail? What markets am I gonna? What subreddits am I gonna have to go into and describe this, and how am I gonna describe this without any kind of context? So there's a salesperson that like you 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 gotta appreciate that guy out there because you you're making <laughs> his job a lot harder. And I do. I really appreciate that you do that work, and I'll be fully 
full disclosure, I don't do any of that work. <laughs> and Peter I'll be, does it all. <laughs> I'll, I'll be more than happy when we can hire somebody to do that work. Yes. Yeah. I, I barely have a, a handle on it at all. It's only like through working commercially um, with salespeople that I, I, once I make something, and I give it to the salesperson, and they're like, oh, come on, How, why are you making my life so hard? Having had a lot of relationships with people like that, mm-hmm. I can see, like, okay, how could I make this easier? Like, But right. do you want to make art easier? That's not a good place to go. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's a challenging, and I, I feel like, especially because we're just on YouTube making work that we want to make, mm. we're allowed to, to cross that line any which way we want to. Mm-hmm. And, and right now we're making work that's a little more narratively straightforward, but we're not limited to only that, and which, you know, yeah. that's, that's our prerogative. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we have interests in everything. We want to do something mainstream. We want to do something really way out there. Like, it's all about trying to figure out. That's why each of our videos is so hard to describe because they're all a little different because every video we're trying to learn some new aspect of storytelling whether it's through narrative through visuals through sound everything that we're trying to do is a new experiment so that we can hopefully eventually find a voice that makes us something that you can discern between us and however billion other bloggers are out there yeah i will say that the something that was a challenge that we did have to back off of making videos like this is because it did take a long time mm. to put together all these shots. Mm-hmm. And we just, it was more time than I was really able to spend on production yeah, even... of a video like this, which was, it made me, makes me sad. Mm. And as a direct result of that, I actually negotiated my contract with my day job so that I work less hours now um, for the same rate of pay. Um, and that, I think, is it's a, it's a well-known secret of day jobs and, and working as an artist is, like, the more time you can grab back from your day job, that's, that's going to work out better. So I'm extremely mm-hmm. lucky to have people who are going to work with me in that regards. And so now I do have more time to devote to, to production-heavy storytelling, um, which is the direction we want to go, I think. Right. When you look at that, um, the, it was six minutes and 24 seconds that, that video clocks in at, mm-hmm. and, and I don't have a job, and you work slightly less than a 40-hour week job. It's more than a part-time job, but less than a full-time job. It's not close to 40 hours. It's more <laughs> like 20 hours. Right. Um, so... Given that, it still took weeks of preparation to put in six and a half minutes worth of work to put out that, at this point, 146 people have may or may not watched parts of it. Right. (laughs) So you do have to figure in these logistic parts of, like, how much of your week can you... I mean, we've, we've done everything we could, moved on to the other side of the planet so that we could afford to do six and a half minutes of material one week. And even that is like, it's a lot of work. I mean, we're not we're not stopping doing it, but we have to find out a better way to right. make sure that we can actually fit that stuff in into because there's only so many hours in a week. Yeah, well, and for video making, 
definitely don't look at the minute per minute breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> That's just gonna be so discouraging. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to make even a small segment. Um, which we'll talk, we have next week, we'll, we'll have more to talk about on that. Ooh, on that enticing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, the Why Do You Live in China, it was, it was a really fun video to put together and it was, I'm really mm. proud of how it came out, but it also was at that time, um, we didn't really have the time to be making videos that were that big in scope. Um, but Which was what about now? That? Now I do. That was well after Thanksgiving, right? So it's not like it was yeah, that it was long the, ago. It was in the fall. Yeah. Which how is that? Oh, yeah. it's because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Um, so let's talk about shower. Oh yeah. Ooh. So shower is one that actually we made in February, but never posted until now because we were um, we were waiting for the right moment. But so. To, to go over our timeline again, January, or maybe the very end of December, we shut down the first channel, took all the videos down, and started reposting them again. And kind of, Peter and I took that time to regroup, and we weren't actively making videos, but we were kind of talking about conceptually where we wanted to go next, and then started writing a few things. Um, to kind of try out a new direction. And Shower was one of the experiments of we wanted to kind of expand on the fictional scenes that we had been writing and and push more towards that and away from vlogging so much. Um, I remember I was... Now Peter is more and more regularly part of the show, but at the time I was, like, dying for another character to include in, in the action. And Shower does not have another character. <laughs> but... Um, my You're hand. there in the background, I My guess. hand. Yeah, your hand. I'm, and I'm talking to you. Yeah. Um, but so shower is based on the very real premise that sometimes our water goes out. Um, and so we wanted to see if we could... <laughs> From the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we wanted to see if we could just make like a little farce, Busby Berkeley kind of silent movie comedy out of that fact. Because also part... So part of it was fiction in general but we also wanted to I wanted to look at smaller how small of an idea can you still make into a scene or, and we don't have a smaller scene. room than our bathroom yeah our, our, our bathroom is ridiculously small um that's and like this we're not trying to represent all Chinese bathrooms we've mm -hmm. had other bathrooms we have another bathroom that's better than that one mm -hmm. um but we'll get to we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we we wanted to see, especially, can I do physical comedy? Mm. A little. <laughs> <laughs> and part of that was so I'm wearing my Wellington boots in the shower, and though those tiles do get really slippery, so I did really have to be careful. Mm, um, it's dangerous. I'm still convinced. I will die in that bathroom. <laughs> it's so poorly designed and slippery. And well, if you watch the video, you can see that the made of obstacles. The the toilet is a, a squatty potty, so it, it's a hole. But that's right under the shower, so you uh, yeah. almost essentially have to straddle the toilet. Yeah, which yeah. is just a hole to shower. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so the, yeah, 
can we make that premise? If the water fun? goes out, how do you live in that situation? And it has enough times where we've had these ridiculous situations that we wanted to turn to. Yeah, yeah. As a comedy that, bit. And, you know, go check it out and see if we're successful or not. Mm-hmm. Um, this we one think it's funny. unexpectedly stirred up some controversy. <laughs> and part of that, or maybe all of that, is because we did kind of cheekily title it how to shower in China, mm. which is I've like, said it's changed it to my shower in China. Ah, okay. As well. <laughs> Too late. But, so one person gave us a kind of negative review, but just like, she didn't like it. And that's, or she's amusing, but whatever, guys. Mm. Like, okay. Or she pointed out that that happens in other countries. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's our point. It happened to us in New York it's City. Univer- so. the, the universalities that have followed us to China is part of what we're trying to depict. But whatever. So, like, yeah, you can you cannot like the video. You can even tell us that you don't like the video. But one other commenter who had a name that indicated she is of Chinese heritage... Um, took offense. Took offense. And we let the first comment stand because it was mostly, like... She didn't think it was funny, and she told us so. Mm. And so we kind of responded, like, oh, we're sorry. You feel that way. We didn't get defensive, She she intimated that she found it offensive. Right. So we tried to kind of explain where we were coming from to see if that helped. And then she... That was inclusive that we wanted to to say that this is our experience in our shower. Yeah. And we've had this happen to our... In our country. And then she doubled down and just got really nasty. Mm -hmm. So we had to ban her from the channel. Um, Which... I mean, I don't like hearing the criticism of, like, this isn't very funny. But, you know, that's... (laughs) You're allowed to think that. You're, You're allowed to tell us that. But you're not allowed to then call us names and, and say some... She said some pretty nasty things. So. Yeah, well, when, when we spend so much of our time looking at what we're trying to say in a way that is not from our hearts, but also from our lips, trying not to be offensive and then to, to be jumped on. Yeah, or it, yeah, it's yeah. just nothing but offensive and I'm not hearing anything but that. It's like... We really tried. Like, could you meet us halfway and talk about it, not just immediately, like, right. you know, tell us to leave the country? And then there was also, like, at a certain point, I can't defend it too strongly because it's a very silly idea. Just totally and either Charlie Chaplin. You're not, in, you're not into it, and you let us know you're not into it. That's cool. Oh, now you're not into us as human beings. Well, that's not a conversation we're gonna have, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not gonna go to the mat for flailing around in the bathroom. And it's um, not like it's new to us of like we've never been on the internet before. Like we right. know that this happens to everybody. We follow trolls uh, attacking comedians. Sometimes even rightly so, or other trolls attacking trolls. Like we know yeah, how yeah, it all works. Yeah, people are mean on the internet. Yeah. It's just the first time we actually had it pointed right at us. And it was surprising that it was this video. Yeah, of like, all things. so... The dumbest thing that we've done. Dumb, yeah. <laughs> but so that, like, is kind of a bummer that we were really excited about this new direction of, mm. of storytelling that, like, struck a nerve that this girl, this girl was not happy. Yeah. Yeah. But... We banned her, and, and the video's still up. 
Yeah. Well, and it did pretty well, actually. Well, uh, that was kind of the point of naming it um, How To Shower in China was to see, because we're really careful with our SEO of, like, not trying to put any kind of clickbait, as, you know, yeah. or at least tamper down as much as possible. So it was like, well, let's see if we're, we're not actually telling you how to. It's a farce. We're not, it's a joke on, like, how to. Don't shower like this in China. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Also, with, how to shower in China is the same way you shower anywhere else. <laughs> right, put water on body. Yeah. But um, to, to, to test that out and see, like, well, what if we just go ahead, go with the joke of making it clickbait, and, like, instantly in an afternoon we got, like, 250 views. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, so that's what people want to click on. Like, if you had a problem with it, you shouldn't have clicked on it to begin with. Right, but so it is also, is, this is the second time we've gotten somewhat burned by making a, a title more provocative than mm-hmm. it needs to be. And the first time that person was very, we had we actually had a good discussion and I think, you know, came to an understanding. And mm. then, so, But I think in general, like, these, making these provocative titles is a double-edged sword and that it will get you more attention, but it then, like, that, it, some of that attention is... Yeah. Um, uh, angry. <laughs> yeah, then we had to spend... Sure, it got, it got us a ton of views. If we kept doing this, maybe we could have, like, you know, 600 subscribers now a couple weeks later. Yeah. Because it happens ridiculously that fast, especially if we start making the clickbait actually pay off with something awful inside. But just from that little thing, we ended up feeling awful for like two days. Not that like we felt guilty that we did anything wrong, but just being like, you know, having to think about like, oh my God, this person was upset and then said bad things to us. Yeah. I don't want to live that way. Yeah, and then even having to consider like, is she right? Does, does, yeah. Do we deserve these bad things that she's saying totally. to us? Like, no, we, she's being mean. Right, but um, you can't get that out of your head once you're just like, was I wrong? Yeah. Crap. Yeah. But... The, can- the 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 filming itself was pretty fun. Oh yeah, um, awesome video. We- Super proud of the <laughs> the music, the uh, this baroque, yeah, yeah, kind of goofiness that like um, that took a hell of a lot of work to put together. It's maybe the first time, the first real score that I've ever put together that is timed um, exactly to the joke. Like with the song itself is is fun, doesn't make as much sense. If you're not watching the video and vice versa, if you watch the video, it's just kind of you silently splashing around. So mm-hmm. the music is the dialogue for it. So there's a lot of pride that I have in that for mm-hmm. putting it together. Yeah, so it's, it's a fun video. Go awesome. check it watch out. it. Learn how to shower. <laughs> and then, so that brings us to I Know That It's Fake, which is our new video from this week. And it's so this. I feel like it's it's a transitionary video. It's one of three. Yeah, it's one of three that we... I'm trying to think where to start on this. Okay, so we, three weeks ago, filmed some footage that because of the lighting didn't come out well and was not a video that you'd want to watch looking all like that. 
and there was some we bungled pro the production. Yeah, we bungled the production, and there was processing Peter could do to it to make it look stylized rather than a mistake, but it still, as a full video on its own, didn't look very good. And so then we came up with. And for the following week, I wrote enough ideas for two more videos. And we had three more of these February fiction experiments that we didn't have a place for. So we decided, let's put all this material in a pile. We think we have enough for three episodes. And so let's put this all out as three episodes from this one pile of material and including some of the stuff we shot over the fall that stuff like the bug mm -hmm. or the dancing clips or even some of our interviews that are kind of we're almost at the end of them mm -hmm. and we're going to need new material anyway so this is kind of like if if something like why do you live in china was season two and the draft is season three this is like season 3.5 something essentially what we're doing is in these three episodes we're taking everything that we've learned from episode one to whatever episode 93 yeah everything that we've learned and through this on on this channel and on the music channel western toilet taking everything from all those videos and we're compressing them diamond like into these three episodes this the first one being out the next two to come out yeah and leftover material new material the giraffe basic vlogging outdoor vlogging man on the street interviews everything that we've done mm -hmm. that we've learned so far is in these three yeah and and going ahead from these videos they'll probably not be too different in terms of like this the structuring that we do um, I, th yeah. I maybe this is like the the end of the prototype phase, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Although we've thought that before, so yeah. Um, but so yeah, the, the these three videos, they don't really. Th I mean, thematically, they're they're kind of addressing big existential issues of like what is what is reality, what is fake. Um, but they're also meant to be, are kind of silly. Yeah, a um, little bit uh, like. Something like you said earlier, with uh, we rewatched a lot of Mr. Show over the past few months. Like, it's there, there's a theme, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, yeah. stuck to that. I can wander. Yeah, and and I don't know. Can they see the cardboard behind me? Just a little bit. Um, yeah, we have. We worked with with little note cards, move stuff around to make these three episodes, um, all kind of. Yeah, they didn't just fall Either off the table. They're, they're composed pieces. <laughs> um, and then so they have a couple different components. One is like the giraffe host segments in studio segments. One is the interview segments, which, you know, you've, you've if you watch our channel, you've seen them before. These are just more of those, the, the good tidbits that we have. And then we have these produced segments like the dancing and the bug. And then... The centerpiece is the this fiction piece that I wrote, um, and again, the idea behind them was trying to find 
Whereas the theme of this episode is reality and fakeness and, and the, your relationship to objects in the world you live in is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, these fiction pieces were conceived to be like very small detail daily life. And so this one was just about um, what do you have for breakfast? And I will say they have an aspect to like public access mm-hmm teaching you English kind of practice your English kind of drama <laughs> in that like the the culture moments are so shoehorned into as expository dialogue in a way that's not completely graceful um, but it was I think successful in that like taking well, us from a lot of what feels unwieldy about vlogging is like I'm what kind of idea am I trying to tell? Am I trying to give you all of China in a 15-minute mm. ramble? Whereas I want, I, I want you just to see, like, what's it like to eat breakfast? Right. Um, you could just do, like, this is story time and sit on the end of your bed and describe what breakfast is in China and what, what it is to the West and how can we find West and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, we're not actors, and we both have an affinity to public access that is like so it's sort of a homage like it's not an embarrassment <laughs> that like hey we can't act but like <laughs> yeah. but it's a different way to tell the story like I mean yeah if we had friends here in our little city that could act these out it would be wonderful to actually yeah. put that together but on an afternoon we don't have that ability yeah. so this is a more interesting way at least for us to tell that story rather than just you saying, like, I went to the store and bought Cornola. Yeah, well, and, and having, that's the famous screenwriter's dictum is, is show, don't tell. And so this mm. was my beginning to attempt to figure out how to do that. Um, because I have a lot of experience writing, but I don't have really any experience screenwriting. And so um, I'm starting to figure that out. <laughs> and the, the what... You've written a book and everything. Yeah. What drove these, and shower even to some extent, um, was I did a lot of research on the story circle, which is Dan Harmon, TV writer Dan Harmon's adaptation of the hero's journey, um, where it's all the beats of like, reluctant hero gets called to action, doesn't want to go, but is convinced to go, goes through his trials, meets the goddess, blah, 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 blah. You can look it up. It's very famous. Most things, most Hollywood things you watch um, are based on those ideas. And so it was, even in Shower, I tried to hit all those arcs. Hit all those, yeah, it's not, it's not just like, oh, the water goes out and let's goof around. The water goes out and then, like, the trials happen in a specific way and it gets resolved through a, a, a series of steps that then bring us back to normalcy. Um, and so, yeah. If you're interested in that, you can look up the story circle or the hero's journey. Um, and Invaluable. It's, it's, yeah, it's really changed. Changed the way I watch TV, actually, now. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous to a point of, like, yeah. if you don't want to know how the magic trick happens. Yeah, then don't look it up. Just continue. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. But I, I, th- I think it adds interest. Um, it, it has not ruined anything. Um, but yeah as Peter says we're not actors and you can see this one we have outtakes from 
in this the cereal eating cereal we have some outtakes where you can see like we're going like two lines at a time and mm -hmm. cutting because we first of all can't remember our lines but also are not like acting them very well well it, and and it, i think it's important the reason for putting that second blooper Blooper-ish. I mean, it wasn't really a blooper. Yeah, it was just um, behind the scenes. Yeah, and it's just the the raw footage without any cuts. Because um, it's cute with our neighbor hanging mm -hmm. in the background watching what's going on and everything. But it was also important for us to show you the actual finished piece of, like, yeah, we're not actors. We, we barely have cameras to make this work at all. To show you exact, actually how it happened is... is like a ridiculous farce of an afternoon on a picnic table in our little pavilion rotunda of the of our neighborhood. Yeah, and originally our plan starting in February was to I was going to write a bunch of these little scripts and Peter and I would grab an afternoon here and there and film them and then Serial was the last one we filmed of the four including Shower and we just decided it's too hard we're not going to learn to be actors. We're not good at that. <laughs> um, not that we're stopping it. Yeah, so so that actually spun off into... We might still torture you with them. <laughs> that uh, has spun off into another writing project that um, I don't want to get too much into because it's mm. it's baby. Top secret. Baby, baby stages. But the plan for the vlog is not these pieces so mm. um but we are so proud of them so we're we're happy to find a package to include them as part of in in these next three episodes and where they might take us after yeah yeah so that yeah these these three episodes are um sort of sweeping up all the stuff that we've we've learned that we've done up to this point cleaning things up and then how how do we take this forward to be even more streamlined and, and yeah and it, it's kind of coincided with we filled up our old hard drive and bought a yeah. new hard drive so there's like a feeling of like clean start fresh start um there is so much of like when you you're talking about the artistic sense of things a lot of times it, it actually comes down to something of like well that turned out well because the hard drive's full <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the practical sense, or like I'm saying, like with with the sales thing of like, well, once this is done, where where do I post it? Yeah. How how you move the product forward? Yeah. Is something to think about from an artistic standpoint, as long as you're not you know obsessed with it. But yeah, and I I think looking at the board behind you. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> not you just fell into a can of paint and boy it looked good when you swirled it all together. Yeah, uh, but and then I think some of these structures. You can see them as limitations or you can see them as like guidelines. And that's, I, I definitely am glad to have the structure of, you know, this, this season three and a half and then what comes next won't look significantly different, but to us we'll know there's a new underlying file architecture to how we're organizing <laughs> our, our work. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, is there anything else to say? I think that's the... Of course, there's always something else to say. <laughs> Do we have the time? Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Our Watch It This Week is a movie that you can find on YouTube. The movie is called Doofuses, and it's the channel is called Fireplace. 
Um, and Peter, you know a little bit more than I do. Um, it seems to be a young man and his brother. Yeah. I, um, young man, like college age. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, um, they live in the Appalachian Mountains, I guess, so, so I mean, I don't know much about them as people, okay. but yeah, <laughs> as a film. As a film, it's a about, film. it's about two young, the film itself, they have a lot of short videos, short comedy skits, right? Yeah. Um, and the Well, film, not a lot, they're fairly new. Okay. The film is about... Congratulations on your hundred, hundred, 116, I see. <laughs> so let me describe the film. The film is a feature-length film about two brothers kind of having an existential crisis of 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Without place, spoilers, but yeah. Like, yeah. Who the, are they and what are they? They're doing? trying to find their place in the world and how to to relate to people with love in a world that is sometimes arbitrarily cruel and full of grief. Um, and it, it's it's funny. It's definitely And funny. it's very touching. Um, and the, the, if you watch the credits, it's a lot of their family name comes through the credits. So mm -hmm. it's definitely like a family pulled together and made this movie with them, which is really cool. And, and what, we, what excited us both about this was to find on YouTube what seems like the inheritor to the 90s indie film movement mm. that then just got subsumed into large corporations and then... Now all we have is superhero movies. Yeah. Um, and we like I, superhero movies, but yeah. we, we love movies like this. Yeah, and it's very, I would say, Wes Anderson appears to be an influence. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of mumblecore. Yeah. Um, but not not just random mumblecore. Uh, there's definitely written dialogue and, and bits that are, are well orchestrated. Um, but... Uh, yeah, there's a lot, especially like Wes Anderson stuff. There's a lot of of staging shots that are, are yeah. the the palette is there. The the, the, the geometry scene. of a of mm -hmm. a given frame is yeah. very precise, um, and it's it's exciting in a sea of of YouTube. <laughs> you yeah. know what YouTube is <laughs> in a sea of people trying to explain everything to you mm. and or poop on trees I don't know what <laughs> falling cats with <laughs> yeah. yeah that to see like a real piece of art being made is like that's that's what the hope is like because mm -hmm. the, the, the potential of a free distribution platform if you can get your movie made if you can get your piece of art put together you can put it out there for everyone to see mm. and so why is everyone just just reviewing movies that like yeah uh, yeah why? blockbuster movies like that I don't right. want I don't care about that right and why are people watching them like is it that there is just uh, people don't want creative original material I mean there's all the problems now with uh, the 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 uh, I forget, whatever, Article, Article 13. 13. Yeah. Yeah, copyright uh, infringement. Right. Do we take away the memes? Do we take away people's right to use other people's songs? Whatever it is, like... Yeah. Why not make your original stuff? Well, because it's hard. But then, yeah. why, <laughs> but then why, why do people only want to watch stuff 
that's by other people by other people. Right. It seems seems like a a waste of 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 talent. So. But it it seems it's a wasted opportunity. I mean, I understand why. Yeah. It is so much easier to reference a thing that people already know. Mm-hmm. But that's way less interesting than than these two brothers' story. Mm-hmm. Um, which one of the brothers composes the music, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and he's very talented at that as well. He's a talented um, actor too. Yeah. I mean, they both are. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Everyone in it is for fun it's like, for an amateur production. It is like it, it looks, looks really good. It looks really good. Yeah, and it's um, written really well. I mean, the, there's the character, and we talked about it a bit. Like, is it possibly because they're brothers that the the dynamic between the two works so well? But it's I think very it, lived in yeah, relationship. But it also, I mean, it comes off on screen like these characters are easily interesting people that like the 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 dialogue that they've worked on whether it's just coming from you know naturally being around each other all the time yeah it's still scripted stuff that it works pretty seamlessly in most parts so that you can relate to the characters that and and it is a world that does feel lived in. Like you, you do feel like I've stepped into their world. And yeah, they're showing yeah. me the small house, this small relationship, this small town. But in the world of like, oh my God, we're flying through space on a planet. Right. Like, oh, holy crap! How do we deal with all this stuff? It's it's a it's very small and intimate, and very huge existential. Uh, you know, again, without getting into the spoilers, go watch the movie. But like, yeah, it, it's big and small is my first thought. Of even the way it's filmed, there's you uh, a use of really tight shots, mm-hmm. and then like we we're saying, like the, with the Anderson stuff, like of just these really wide shots that, that are really hard to do on you know a little indie budget because you start to lose characters or props or things like right, that. Right, right. When you have a big wide screen, um, this bounces back in and out of that in a way that's like. I know these people, and then like, wow, they live in a world. Yeah, and then I know yeah, them. And then yeah, and that that's that's what you really hoped mm. YouTube would be for is, right. is for people who are shut out of the mainstream system for whatever reason. I mean, there's there's not enough Hollywood for all of us to go. <laughs> um, that and then sadly enough, there, this sometimes feels like there's not enough YouTube to go around because no one's looking for that. They right. were looking for a new review from the movie that they just got back from the movie theater watching. Well, that's the problem with selling everything on SEO is like, what's yeah. the SEO for quirky, independent movie? Well, you can't. I was watching. <laughs> you can't look that up. I was watching somebody last night was asking the idea of like, I they write fiction and uh, on YouTube and then they, they narrate it mm-hmm. and how you how do you SEO that? Like, you can't say the name of the book. You can't sell it on... Like, you can use the, the cover of your thumbnail, but, like, you can't look up the cover of a thumbnail like you could walking through a bookstore or something like right. that. So you have to take the idea of whatever your story is, take away your clever title, and write, like, you, you know, well, YL narrative literature for 
spooky suspense. Right. Like, oh, what kind of maniac is looking that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, it's really a really beautiful little film. Not little. Well, um, it's it's won an award, some kind of Appalachian um, film festival thing, which is great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that is, but like, that's really cool that you know people have recognized it. Yeah. And uh, and they also have a bunch of other films on here, the, the little shorts and bits that are also all very funny and promising, and there's music in there too now. Um, so, it's do, a very exciting channel. Go watch it. Doofus's Fireplace. Fireplace. Um, we'll link to them in the, in mm. the description like always. Um, but let's, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up with a closing? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, You're that's saying it. goodbye? I'm saying noodles. I'm noodles to you.